You're listening to Flourish Weekly with Pastor Jen. We know you'll be encouraged by today's talk. Welcome back. Thank you so much for being here. I am thrilled by the response that I've been receiving from last week's podcast. Um, Thank you for listening, for tuning in, for all of the personal messages that I received. Um, You guys just, you know, encouraging me that it encouraged you and that you were strengthened and that you, you know, you realize that you're not alone in your battle Um, and even that you felt like you could understand others who are struggling. And I just have had so many calls and so many texts from people saying, that it's opening their eyes and it's really um, been a blessing to them. So thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Um, I appreciate you. And uh, if you didn't get a chance to listen, last week's podcast was called When Panic Attacks. And it is the story of my personal journey to healing from panic attacks and anxiety and depression. So check it out if you get a moment. And um, I would love to hear your thoughts. So this week, I want to talk to you about something that's super important to me. I want to talk to you about healthy communication. And this one actually might turn into a two-week or a two-part series because there's just so much to say on this subject. Um, And it may not. I may get through it all today, but we'll see. But let's just get started and, and let me pray before I jump in. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity Thank you for this platform. I pray that you would guide me, give me the right words, help me to have clarity and wisdom and direction, help me to communicate effectively, give me all of the words that I need to say. May it be directly from your heart. And I just thank you and I love you and I honor you. I humble myself. I can't do it without you. I thank you that your presence is here and that your anointing will be on every word that I speak today. I love you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, communication is such a big deal, and I have this little catchphrase that I say, um, gosh, I probably say it once a day, (laughs) and that catchphrase is, just say that. Um, And what do I mean when I say that? When I use that phrase, I'm actually just saying, say what you think, say what you really feel, say what you're really, you know, trying to process through. Say the real reason that you want to do something or that you don't want to do something. Um, Just say that. And when you just say what is really going on instead of lying or covering it up or sugarcoating it or um, avoiding the subject, it makes it very difficult for the people around you. It makes it difficult for proper communication to happen. It makes it difficult for true relationships to be built. It makes it diff- difficult for people to know you and understand you and for for you to know and understand others. Um, open, clear, honest communication is how we get to know one another and understand one another. And so um, Proverbs 18.21 says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. And so we know that biblically words are important. Communication is important. And so... Um, you know, I just want to challenge you that it might be difficult for you to communicate. It might be difficult for you to say what you're really feeling, for you to say what you're really thinking um, because of your experiences in the past when you were honest with someone. Um, maybe you were made fun of. Maybe you were shot down. Maybe it didn't, it wasn't received or it wasn't accepted. Um, but, you know, that to me, if people respond that way when you are humbly, honestly trying to communicate your feelings and your thoughts on something, if their response is uh, abusive, angry, 
uh, negative, dismissive, any of those things, then that's probably not really something you want, somebody you really want to be in a close relationship anyway. Um, and so you need to say what you're thinking, say what you're feeling, say, say the real reason that you are saying no to something, the real reason that you're saying yes to something. Be true to yourself, be true to people, and watch the, sim- the, the simplicity that will come over your life. So, so much of the confusion, so much of the frustration that happens in our life is because there's just not a lot of truth. There's a lot of double life, double living, um, hiding, manipulating, and if we would just be honest, um, life would be so much simpler. Um, and I, I like people who are easy people. And when I say easy, I mean what you see is what you get. Um, now I'm not saying that you should say what you're thinking in a rude way. Uh, Whenever I say, just say that I'm not, never ever would we want to be rude or curt or short or overly direct with our words. We're not saying that we're just gonna, you know, if somebody walks in a room and you just say, I don't like your shoes. Okay. Well, that was obviously an unnecessary comment. We're not talking about using indirectas or indirect um, angry comments or meanness. That is not what I mean. When I'm talking about clear, direct communication, I'm talking about just in a, in a loving, humble, kind way, saying exactly what's on your mind and what's on your, your heart. Ephesians 4.15 says, speak the truth in love. Um, and so you can speak the truth and do it in love and do it in kindness and in graciousness in a way that it is well received. Um, some of the keys in communication that, um, I have found and that I've had to even work on is, you know, you have to be brave. You have to be confident in order to communicate. And sometimes it's difficult to communicate honestly, but you just have to be brave, um, and sit down with whoever it is that you're needing to communicate with and just, you know, give it a shot. Um, God really wants to affirm you and bring you to a place of confidence so that you can be who he created you to be. So many times we're trying so hard to be someone else or we're trying to fit ourselves into a different mold. And God isn't asking that of you. God is not asking you to look at anybody else or compare yourself with anyone else. He wants you to be yourself. Um, if you're quiet and in, in and an introvert and more timid, that's okay. Be you. Um, if you are outgoing and the life of the party and fun, be yourself. Now, with both sides of those two different types of personalities, the Bible teaches us to use wisdom, to use discretion. Um, but but it doesn't. God's never asking you to transform or force yourself to be anyone other than who you are. So one of the things that I always tell people when I'm talking to them about communication is find someone who is safe. Find someone that you know loves you and will love you no matter what you say, no matter, you know, what you do, they are going to love you and you feel loved and safe and confident with that person. And that is a great relationship for you to start practicing healthy, clear, honest, direct communication and also practicing boundaries. Um, and I'll probably do a podcast series on boundaries because I love talking about healthy boundaries and the need for them and the benefits of them. But you can use the same principle 
in communication. Um, sit down with somebody, be honest with them, and know you know in in a in a relationship that's safe. Because then, if they don't like what you have to say, or you know if they respond in a way that that isn't exactly what you were expecting, it's a safe enough relationship. That then you can work through that together. And what that's going to do is it's going to build your confidence. It's going to build your bravery to then go and and do that in a relationship that maybe isn't as safe and maybe you know is a little more. Um, difficult. So be brave. Another thing that, you know, it's really important in communication is that we are kind. Proverbs 15.1 says, a gentle answer deflects anger. Um, So we want to be kind with our words. Whenever I say be honest, I'm not telling you to just be overly direct in a way that hurts people's feelings. That's not the goal. But what I'm talking about is being kind and loving, but honest and truthful. I honestly need and love people in my life who tell me the truth. If you are surrounded, I heard um, a minister say this recently, and I thought it was so powerful what she was saying about friendships. I need friendships. I need people in my life who don't always tell me exactly what I need to hear. I need people in my life who love me enough to say, you're a little off track. Um, you know, just be honest with me in a loving and a kind way. So we want to be kind and then we want to be honest. Tell the truth. Um, Don't manipulate or twist the narrative for your benefit. Don't twist a story so that it makes you look better. Be yourself. Don't flatter people. Um, Speak from the heart. Be real. Be genuine. Be who God has called you to be. And this also... um, this also goes over into the fear of man. So many of us, and including me, um, have struggled with the fear of man. And that's something that Proverbs talks about, that the fear of man brings a snare. If you are so concerned about what people think, that then you are lying or manipulating or twisting something or flattering something, someone, um, then you've missed the whole point. I mean, God loves you, I'm going back to this that I talked about a few minutes ago. God loves you and wants you to be yourself and other people love you. They love you for who you are when you are your real and genuine self. Now, um, if you struggle maybe with anger, if you struggle with, um, harsh words, maybe on the opposite side of this spectrum, you're someone who struggles with saying too much. Um, then, then that's something that you take to the Lord and develop restraint and develop discretion and develop wisdom, but you can still be honest. You can still be brave, um, but you can do it with kindness. And so, and the last thing, the last key, in my opinion, um, to healthy and and proper communication is discretion, um, being filled and led by the spirit of God. So when we use our words, when we communicate, we really want to use those as a tool to bless others, to encourage others, to speak life over others. You know, you will develop the culture in your home and the culture in your workplace and the culture around you with your words. Words establish culture. Um, And so it's important that you choose those words carefully and that you use it as a tool when the Holy Spirit leads you um, to speak words of life over someone, to encourage someone, to text somebody, um, you know, that they're on your mind or a verse or a thought that you had that day. 
Words are incredibly powerful and they really do create a culture. I want the culture in my home and in my ministry and in my workplace. I want the culture to be a place of honor where we honor one another. We love and we respect one another. Um, kindness. We don't use mean words. We don't, um, speak negatively about or to each other. Um, honesty and truth. I don't want there to be confusion or a cloud of lies over my home. I want there to be truth and openness and, and a culture of, of, of love and kindness where we can communicate and we can talk. And so be filled with the spirit, um, and use your words to express what the Holy Spirit has done inside of you. Use it as a tool to love and touch and and encourage people. Um, Proverbs 8, 9 says, My words are plain to anyone with understanding, clear to those with knowledge. And so we want to use plain, clear words when we're communicating. And just, again, let me just say, speak life, be positive, and, and especially to your children. You can speak life over your children. You can encourage them and prophesy to them and over them um, about, you know, you're smart and you are special and you are handsome. You're beautiful. You're so much fun. You light up my life. You, you know, even as I'm saying this, you can feel the atmosphere changing. Say these things over, over your spouse, say these things in your home. Um, you know, when your husband does something that, that you appreciate, use the words and say it. Say, baby, thank you for doing that today. I saw that you took your time to do that today for our family or for me, and I appreciate you. Thank you for doing that. Or, you know, if your wife does something special in the home, thank you for what you did for me today. I appreciate you. You're a, you're a strong, godly, kind, special woman that I love and that I cherish. Use your words to love and to speak life over those around you. Um, and then if, if we have some time, I'd like to get into a little bit about how to deal with conflict. And this is such an interesting subject because so many people just avoid conflict altogether. Um, but I love this verse from Proverbs. And if you're still with me, hang in there because Proverbs 14, four says, I love this verse without oxen, a stable stays clean, but you need strong, a strong ox for a large harvest. Well, what does that mean? It means that conflict is messy and requires work. Anything in life that is meaningful, it's going to be messy and it's going to require work. It says, okay, let me read the verse again. Without oxen, a stable stays clean, but you need a strong ox for a large harvest. So we don't want to just avoid conflict and avoid the messiness Because at the end of the day, we're not going to reap the harvest of our relationships being deepened, our relationships being strengthened, our relationships being um, that much more fruitful and that much more special and honestly, that much more real. A relationship without conflict properly handled is not a true connection and a true relationship. So go there. Um you know, but let's talk about how we go there. Okay. How do we deal with conflict? Well, we got to think about a few questions. Number one, what kind of words am I using? So we got to really think about the types of words we're using when we approach that conflict. We got to say, okay, what questions am I asking in this conflict? And then also my tone, what tone am I using? Does my tone promote understanding? Am I trying to understand you and 
have you understand me? Because really that's the goal. When there's any type of conflict in our relationships, the goal should be to reach understanding. If my goal going into a conflict or a misunderstanding with someone, if my goal is for you to see my side and apologize to me and do it my way, then I'm not promoting true understanding in a true relationship. Now, if my goal is to go into that conversation and understand your way of seeing it, your thoughts concerning the subject, if my goal is to truly understand where you're coming from, then at the end of that conversation, I know you better, you know me better, and we've come to a place of understanding and reconciliation. And so, you know, real quick, there's 10 keys that I use whenever I'm dealing with conflict, and I'll tell them to you um, now. The first one is approach with humility. Proverbs 13.10 says, Pride leads to conflict, but those who take advice are wise. So we want to approach with humility. We want to, okay, so when it's time to approach someone to talk about something that we've had a misunderstanding, or there's a a fight that's happening, or there's a disagreement, or there's a misunderstanding, the first thing that we want to do is we want to humble ourselves and say, okay, where can I, what can I see in this situation that I'm not seeing? How can I adjust my attitude, my thoughts, my approach to this? I really want this person to understand me, but at, but I also really want to understand them. So I'm going to come to you with humility. The second thing is create space. Create an atmosphere. Carve out some time. Remove the distractions and the interruptions and all the things going on in life. Remove all of that. Set Set aside some time. Set aside a safe place create space for this conversation to happen. (laughs) You know, having a conflict and having people knocking on the door and having, you know, your, your, the person you're talking to is looking at their phone or their ringer is on. So their phone's beeping every few seconds or the dog's barking or the kids are screaming. That's just not really an atmosphere that's going to promote reconciliation. It's just going to create more stress, more distractions, and more frustration for both of you. So you know what? Right now may not be the time to have that conversation. I don't know how many times Matt and I have gotten to this point in a in a conversation and I look at him and I'm like, really? Like, I cannot have this conversation with you right now. We're going to have to table this and we're going to have to talk about this later. I will, we will find some time. Um, because Matt is just very passionate and um, he's very quick to apologize and want to work it out and work it out right now. And I'm just... I'm quick to apologize, but I need time to process. I need time to think about what you said. I need time to think about what I need to say and what I, how I want to say it. Um, a lot of times when, if we have a disagreement, I need time to think through why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling, why what you said hurt my feelings or offended me. And, and it just takes me time. So a lot of times I'll just tell them we're going to talk, but we're not going to talk right this minute. I need some space. And so for me, it's just me separating myself from him and from the situation long enough to gather my thoughts. And then we come back together, we communicate and we reconcile. So, um, so create space, carve out time. It doesn't have to be discussed right this minute. (laughs) Um, the third thing is address the facts. So you don't want to name call. You don't want to be throwing meanness out there and saying you, you're stupid. And, you know, we, that's, that's, that's not the facts. And 
Um, I, I tend to be a more logical person than, than more emotional. Um, and so this is one of the things that, um, is one of my strengths, um, and that I really have learned to use in communication. And that's, you know, using phrases like you said that, 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 you know, whatever it was that you said that hurt my feelings, this is what you said, or this is what you did. You did this, or I said this, and when I said that, I was wrong. Um, or I did such and such, and when I did that, it upset you. I don't understand why it upset you, but I'd like to understand that. Um, and so start off by addressing the facts, okay? Let's just deal with the facts here. Um, you used the credit card when I asked you not to. That's just an example. Um you didn't put that up and it frustrated me. And because I had asked you three or four times to put that up, you know, like if you're talking to your, your child or your teenager or whatever, when I, I've asked you several times to clean that up and you didn't do it and it made me angry. I apologize for my reaction, but here's what you did and here's why it made me angry. And, and so we deal with the facts. Okay. The next one is explain your feelings. These are the facts. This is what happened. And this is how it made me feel. Explain your feelings. Talk about them. Men and women talk about how it made you feel. It made me angry. It hurt my feelings. Um, I'm, I was already on edge and you made me feel worse. <laughs> I need to feel supported today. And I didn't feel supported by you today. T say it. And let's go back to that first phrase. Just say that. Say, today is a tough day. I'm struggling today. Today was a hard day at work. Today I woke up and I just didn't feel like myself. Today, somebody texted me and hurt my feelings. And when you got home and said that, it made it even worse. I needed to feel supported and loved by you. Um, when I, or, or a work example. When I came into work today, there was something going on at home. I apologize that I brought that into the workplace. I have some stressors going on at home and that's, it's causing me to feel stress at work. Just say that so that then the people around you know what they are dealing with. Please use your words. God's given you words. Use them. We need you to use your words. The people around you need you to communicate. Okay. Number five is draw boundaries. Say in communication, you, it is, it is okay for you to draw the line and say, listen, I want to hear you. I value what you have to say, but I also need to be heard. And, or, or in a, you might need to say in a conversation, whoa, you're not going to talk to me like that. I will not allow those words to be used. You cannot speak to me like that. If you would like to communicate with me and if you would like to resolve this conflict, then let's talk but I'm not going to allow you to speak to me that way. Draw healthy boundaries, even in communication. I can't wait till I do the podcast on boundaries because boundaries are there to protect you, but they're also there to create an environment where, you know, relationships grow and relationships are, are deepened. Man, when healthy boundaries are used, relationships get real, real fast. And so boundaries also show you who a person is. When you draw a boundary with someone and communicating with them, it's going to show you really quick who they really are. If they respect that boundary and change their tone or if they don't. And that's going to tell you really quick if that's somebody that you want to be in close relationship with. Um, number six, ask questions. What did you mean when you said 
this. It hurt my feelings and I don't understand what you, what you meant. Um, or maybe they just said something and you're like, I have no idea where you're coming from. What, what on earth are you even saying to me right now? <laughs> that happens a lot between men and women. Um, in the workplace and in relationships, marital relationships and romantic relationships. And it happens a lot between parents and, and teenagers and parents and kids. Ask questions. Hey, what did you mean when you said that? And if you are a young person and, you know, your parents are going to be so impressed if you come to them and you ask questions. Hey, you asked me to do this, mom. What did you mean when you did, when you said this? What did you mean when you asked me to do this? Can I get clarity on that? Another thing you can say is, hey, I feel like you meant this when you said that, but did you mean something else? Because the way it came across was hurtful. Did you mean something else when you said that? Give people the benefit of the doubt. Give them space. Give them... I don't think every single person is coming at you the way that you might think that they are. Give people grace. Give people space and let them explain themselves. Give them, give them time to explain themselves. And this also, this is a really important tool to use with your boss. Um, maybe your boss said something and it came across a certain way and you walked away from that feeling offended or whatever. Go back to them and just open up the conversation and say, ask some questions and find out, did they really mean that? Give them grace. And the same goes with employer to employee. The next one is seek understanding. Look, Listen to understand. And I talked about this already earlier in the podcast. Um, You're not communicating if you're not listening. So are you leaning in and are you listening? It's okay for you to say, hey, I don't understand. Can you help me understand? But remember, you're not communicating if you're not listening. Number nine is, well, here we go. Ask more questions. What else is going on in your life right now? Um, lean into that person and create this opportunity now that the conflict has semi been resolved, but now lean in a little more and ask some more questions. Hey, is everything okay at home? Is everything okay at work? What else is going on? Is, is there something, is there something on your heart? A lot of times Matt and I will do this with each other. And in doing that, we help each other have self-discovery, we help each other say, you know, hey, babe, what else is going on in your life right now? What, what is it this week? What, what's off? What, what are you struggling with? And in doing that, I help him and he helps me search our own heart and say, you know what? There is something going on with me this week. Um, it's the anniversary of, of a death that I'm grieving or I'm not feeling really good in my body. I feel under the weather and it's made me cranky or somebody... Um, rejected me early on in the week and my feelings got hurt and I felt pushed away. And, and so in doing that and pushing in and asking more questions, now you've, you, now you've created an opportunity for that person and for you to open up to each other and know one another better and know yourself even better, which I think is powerful. And then the last one is number 10, forgive. Um, Proverbs 19, Proverbs 17, nine says, love prospers when a fault is forgiven but dwelling on it separates close friends. Man, love prospers when a fault is forgiven. And this is hard for us to do. You know, it's just so much easier to say, you don't deserve my forgiveness, you were a jerk, or you've repeatedly been a jerk and I don't, I'm over it and I, I'm, I don't have any more forgiveness to give. 
But God will empower you. The Holy Spirit will empower us to walk in love and to forgive and to, you know, if the goal in your home, especially, I keep going back to marital relationships, but this goes with all relationships, um, adult, adult children to adult parents, um, kids to adults, workplace, coworkers, um, friends, marriages. If your goal is for that relationship to be healthy and for there to be unity, if you love that person and you want to be close to them and you want to, um, grow your home together or your workplace or your ministry together, if you love them, then you'll forgive them and you'll work through the hurts and the issues so that then you can, you know, be tighter knit so then you can be a blessing to others and you can, and really love and and reach out to earth to others. Um, friendships are important to God. And I just want to say this before I end friendships are, are a gift from God. And sometimes I think that we, um, we don't value them like we should, if you weren't taught to be a good friend, if you weren't taught to be selfless and thoughtful and loving towards people, take some time to practice that, to work on it. Watch the people in your life who are generous. Watch the people in your life who um, are initiators, the people in your life who look for you and text you and affirm you and are a friend to you when you need it. The people who call you when they're having a hard time, study those things that they do and then begin to practice those things in your own life of being a good friend um, and loving people and being there for people because friendships are important to God. And you'd be surprised there are people in your life right now who love you and are giving to you and maybe they don't quite feel loved and affirmed and given to by you. And so this week I just want to challenge you to prioritize friendships, prioritize relationships, especially in your home, prioritize your children, prioritize your spouse, and really make relationships matter by communicating. Um, I love you. I hope you have a great week. I hope this message has has challenged you to communicate this week with people. Um, be sure to reach out to me. I love hearing from you. It it. It makes this all so worthwhile. I love you so much. Have a great week, and I will talk to you next week. We're so glad you joined us today on Flourish Weekly. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with a friend and tag us on social media. You can also connect with Pastor Jen on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening.